as I welcome Henry Davis, let me just say a little bit about Henry. So I'm having uh, back-to-back weekends of special treats. Henry and Maria, so I said last week that they were married when we met them in St. Croix uh, about 15 years ago. wasn't actually true. My memory is not so hot. Um, Henry and Maria were not really even an item in those days. But sometime after that, Henry and Maria became an item, and they had a son, Padea, and they had later a daughter, Abigail. So we've known Henry and Maria for a long time. Uh, We met, as I said, in St. Croix, which is an island in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, Henry was born in Venezuela, grew up on an island called Montserrat. Maybe he'll say something about that today. I don't know. Maria is uh, from Barbados. So these are not the kind of people that you run into every day. He's uh, traveled all over the world. He is a missionary there, missionaries with Youth with a Mission, YWAM, which is a ministry that really seeks to train up leaders and to all around the world to to attempt to connect uh, people with God, to share Jesus' love throughout the world. So I would like you to join me in welcoming Henry Davis to Vineyard Church. Thank you, Kevin. Amen. How are you guys doing? You know what? I don't like being up here. It's too far. I just come down here. Um, it's it's a pleasure to be. You know, when Kevin told me that I'm gonna be, um, Henry, would you pray about coming? And I prayed, and I have such a busy schedule. You know, I prayed and I felt God say, go, you know. So I'm excited to be here, of course, to see Kevin and Cindy and uh, to spend time with them. They're, they're friends of ours. And also, we're interested in India as well. So we're going to be talking about some things like we can do in India with them there. And um, I just want to um, show you a little bit of pictures there. Can we get the um, PowerPoint? Where is my PowerPoint, brother? <laughs> As Kevin said, I'm from Venezuela. I was born in Caracas in this big city. My first language, of course, is Spanish. But I also, oh, my mother is from the island of Montserrat. So I went as a little boy living in Montserrat. Now let me say something to you very, very interesting. I have never met my father. Okay? My father left my mother before I was born. Until this day, I have never met my father personally. So I could identify you know what it is to grow up fatherless, what it is to grow up without my mother. My mother, in fact, did not raise me. My mother left us as well. It was my grandmother who took care of me. My mother was really my grandmother. And because of that, I remember when I was a little boy, my grandmother decided that she was going to leave me in a boy's home. And it was a drunken guy in the streets. I mean, can you imagine God could use some kind of bum on the street? And he said, to, he said to my grandmother, don't do that to the kids. Take them with you. So that was a result. As a result of that, I went to live in Montserrat. From either going to a boy's home or going to live with my mother's family. And as a result of that, I met one of the most wonderful Christians I have ever met. My great-grandmother amazing love jesus and she's the one that i am the reason i serve the lord her testimony her love she taught me everything she taught me even how to speak english school agriculture manners ethics and so i praise god for my wonderful there 
Um, so because of that, I want to tell you today, I am not speaking as one that's saying, oh, don't worry about your pains. I have been there. I know what it is to have healing. I know what it is that God the Father can come and transform your life and bring wholeness and restoration. And God is in the business of bringing healing and restoration. But there is a purpose for that. You can't just focus on that alone. You've got to understand there's a bigger plan God wants to do in healing you. And we need to connect to that. I want to show you some things that we are doing. We're presently working in Asia. Uh, this past year we were in Asia. And I want to tell you one thing because I really want to encourage you. You're not alone. The family of God is huge around the world. There are a lot of people serving God. Let me tell you, pop culture has told us a lie that Christianity is dying. Folks, I have bad news for you. That is such a lie. Christianity is actually the fastest growing movement on earth. It is not uh, true that any other movement is growing. Islam is not growing more than Christianity. So I want to encourage your heart that you are not alone. And don't join the camps, even about talking about America. America this, America that, and the church this, and the church. Don't do that stuff. Don't join the bad news camp people. Join God in what he's doing. In China, every day, 33,000 people come to Christ. Now, now, is that staggering? No, 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 you guys are not listening. 33,000 per day come to Jesus. Amen? This is the greatest revival we have ever had in history. Are you hearing me? This is the greatest move of God on the earth right now. Amen? So we are in China, and what we're doing is we're training missionaries. Uh, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Now, Americans, are you Americans? Let me give you number one reason why God bless this country. Folks, you ready? It's not your history. Ah, you thought it was your history. It's not your history. It's your passion to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Americans from the foundations have always had a passion to take the gospel. Because of that, God has blessed this nation. Now listen, China is now has that passion. And that's why God is making sure they get some of the money. You know why? Because it takes money to preach the gospel. So don't be jealous about China. Praise God for China. Because China now is the number one in missions right now. Okay? So you get the idea? Are you getting the economic idea? Get in alignment with God's plan. God will bless you. Not just financially. Financially, for God is the minimum blessing you can have. There are greater blessings than finances. So China, we're training missionaries. Can you go to the next slide? Here we're praying. Folks, prayer. 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 I could not not tell you, we just don't pray enough anymore in this part of the world. Um, we're praying. We're praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. You get the point? When you pray, God works. 
When you don't pray, you have to work. You understand? Pray. Pray. Actually, we're so busy doing so much stuff. If we just pray more, more would happen, we would work less. Formula. And this is why God is moving in China. It's called prayer. Prayer, prayer, and prayer. Amen? Let's continue. Next slide. Uh, this is an evangelistic meeting. In China, you cannot have any open meetings. You cannot have crusades. You cannot have Billy Graham coming in and say we're going to do a big thing. In China, the church does not grow with this big show thing. doesn't. You know how it grows? Everyone is evangelizing somebody. Everyone is leading somebody to the Lord. At their job, at their work, underground, secretly. So this business guy, he's a lawyer. He teaches law. And in here in his office, he actually gives extra classes to lawyers. So he said, Henry, um, what are you doing this Sunday? I am not doing anything this Sunday. He said, come, I want you to tell people about Jesus. So he gathered a bunch of his group in this secret place. And 20 people were there in the meeting. And 10 of them committed their life to Jesus. And we are praying, including one guy that works in government. You know, that guy could have told government, there is a missionary called Henry Davis. He is here, and you should deport him. No, he accepts Jesus. Amen? Let's continue. This is my wife preaching. China has no true, complete freedom of religion yet. All the churches, most of the church in China, 80% of the church in China is on the ground. Secretly done. This is my wife preaching in a service Sunday secretly. And we have to worry if the police come in and break into the place and shut the whole operation. And um, so let you know that the so-called beautiful freedom that we now worship has become a hindrance to us. God is telling us, teaching us something through the Chinese church. You do not need political freedom for God to move. You know that? We are so bound with the politics, politics, politics. We're forgetting the kingdom of God does not need all these freedoms that we so dying to have. And we lose God in the process. So we need to come back to God. 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 Then we will enjoy the freedoms from God. Amen? Let's continue. This is us in North Korea. Amen? This is uh, in a university. My entire family went to North Korea. Why we went to North Korea? Because God said go to North Korea. Didn't Jesus say go into all the world and preach the gospel to all? That includes North Korea. He didn't say don't go to North Korea. He said go to all the nations on the earth. So we went to North Korea and our, our uh, purpose there was to pray for the people of North Korea. We also went there to share the love of Jesus. We shared with two guys. Because in North Korea you can't just tell people about Jesus. You'll be arrested, thrown in jail, in concentrated camps. So you've got to be careful. So you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says, share with that person, you just obey the Holy Spirit. We prayed for people. We gave speeches in a school. I talked about the philosophy of failure. Mentioning biblical principles without mentioning the name of Jesus or God. And yet the presence of God was in the room. They know there's something different about us as a people. And more and more, God has been using us to open the hearts of the people. Let's continue. Bread. This is us carrying bread. Where This is a ministry actually... Uh, in China, 
And what they do is that they produce bread and different things like that to send into North Korea. They're sending, we are taking bread for the people of North Korea. And in fact, now they're building businesses in North Korea to make food and different things to feed the starving children of North Korea. Amen? God is working in North Korea in amazing ways that the news does not tell you. All right, let's continue. Abigail, my daughter, you know, she's a beautiful little girl, lots of energy, very charismatic, and they love her. So if you think that your kids can be missionaries, my kids are better missionaries than I am. My daughter, God used her, they just love on her. And you got to talk about a country full of fear and worry and anxiety, yet my daughter with her beautiful smile, her playful spirit, was able to just open up their hearts. Amen? Let's continue. This is my son, Padea. He's 11 years old. He's with a Chinese uh, a Buddhist. But let me tell you something. My son, uh, when he was just six years old, he led a Chinese boy to the Lord in his school in Venezuela. He, was, he witnessed to this guy and told him about Jesus. My son at six. And my son has a love for the Chinese people. One day he will live in China for the rest of his life telling people about Jesus. So here he's excited to meet this Buddhist. Let's continue. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise, Father. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will give us a heart for the nations. Do you love the nations? You love the hurting, the broken, the downtrodden, the poor, and the rich. You love all types of people. And Father, we pray that we would not lose sight of this in Jesus name prepare us Holy Spirit come inspire us to know you more and to make you known to all the nations on the earth Father in Jesus name Amen before we do this message I'm going to invite you to dance with me whoa whoa you guys are good evangelicals do you know um, we have this drum over here I was in Preaching in, can we get that drum? Can I bring that drum? Somebody can bring that drum over here. Anybody can bring, pick it up and just bring it. The drum, the African looking drum there. The jimbo, jimbo, jimbo. All right, is it too heavy, it's too big? Whatever. Push. Ooh, yeah, there we go. Bring it over here. It's a good illustration. What we're going to do, we're going to dance today, all right? We'll put it right here. Thank you, thank you. All right. Now, when I was in, um, in a country called Burkina Faso, there was this little country church, and I was the preacher, and they had drums, but the, the drums did not look anything like this. They were actually square. And they would sit on these drums like this, and they would play. So I said, why did you do this? They said, well, the missionaries told us that drums are bad. Music is bad. Dancing is bad. And this kind of African music is not good. So we got to sing Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So these guys, because they're so African, they're going, Oh, Lord, save us, set us free from this bondage. So the, they play these drums. 
And what the missionaries used to say, when you play these drums, demons, you know, worshipping demons. And so God reminded the Africans and said, listen, the drum was created for me. The sound is for me. You can worship me in the drums. The problem is not the drum. You see this drum? There's no demons live. Demons don't live in drums. You see any demon? Let's pull it out and see if it's in there. So, so the people thought that playing the drum is bad. It's what they play to. So I want you to stand. And this is how dancing has been seen. Dancing is bad. Dancing is a bad thing. You just got to raise your hand in church and that's good enough. What I want to tell you today, you need to be free from that bondage. God wants worship. And worship is not just singing. Worship is also dancing, celebrating, rejoicing in God Almighty. God is not a depressed God. God is not in heaven with a long face. Hallelujah. Come on, there is excitement in serving God. So, music, brother. We're going to go to East Africa first. Turn it up, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. Up, up, more, man. Come on, come on. Okay, you ready to dance? Here we go, here we go. Come on, a little bit more, a little more, man. Come on. What's wrong? Okay, here we go. Some of you guys need oil in your joints. You guys have too much. You've been so many years you haven't danced. Your bones are stiff. You need a little bit of oil. Let's put some WD-40, WD-40 in there. So it can roll. Folks, let me give you an example. When you see me singing, what am I singing? Jesus Christ is number one. He is worthy of my worship. So, look. You see that? Watch this, watch this. I am a... God loves passion. God loves your passion. Passion is not just word. It's expressing it. Come on, music again. Let's go. Put your heart in it. Let's go.
Pass for a minute. Do you know what's going to happen, guys? When Jesus Christ comes back to earth, the nations will worship Jesus. And folks, I'm going to tell you what. We have not yet arrived to that place. Because when the nations come, each nation will worship God in a unique and different way. The Zulus from South Africa, they are not going to sing your typical hymnal songs. No way. Because God wants the gifts of the nations to worship Him. So next song, Malibu Way. Alright? Now, pause for a minute. I just scared you just now, right? That's me, my excitement. No, there's some people saying church. I am not emotional. Emotionalism is not a good thing. That's the flesh, my brother. You got to be in the spirit. Well, folks, let me tell you what. That is using excuse. Because Super Bowl, the same non-emotional people, when there is a touchdown, especially if you are from the Giants, touchdown, woo! The same person in church, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Same person, you go, yeah! You see that? That's hypocrisy. Saying you cannot worship God. Yeah! You see that? This is how hypocritical we can be. We need to be truthful to God. We can show emotions everywhere, but with God, reserve. Come on, guys. God is fun. He's not an uptight God. Relax. Have some fun. Amen? Just don't sin. That's all. Have fun, but don't sin. Music, brother. Let's go again. Come on. Warriors. We got some warriors in here. Come on. They do this specifically in the Pacific Islands. Strengthen your legs. Up down, look. Strengthening your thighs.
Paradise, paradise. Next one. No, no, next. Okay. From La República Dominicana. Merengue. Come on, guys. Música también. Jesucristo, Jesus Christ. Come on, here we go. Oye, Jesucristo. Here we go. Imagine Jesus Christ is sitting on his throne and the angels are surrounding the throne. Billions. And then the nations will come. And Jesus will stand and he will say, Now the peoples of Colombia come forth. How the Colombia is going to look. And then God is going to say, and the peoples of the United States of America, come forth. Texas. How's Texas going to look like? Amen? And then God's going to call the Chinese. Chinese, come forth. All the nations will come. And they will worship God with passion, with celebration. Because they will give God thanks for all the things he has done. Amen? Freedom in Jesus. All right, have your seats. We'll dance a little bit more later. Keep my drum right here. Amen? All right, today we're going to talk about God's heart for all nations. And I want to give you, this is like a mixed message with a report of what's going on in the world. All right, if you have your Bible, start to Genesis chapter 12. Can we turn to the next slide? All right. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. All right. Let me give you a warning. The Great Commission did not start in Matthew 28. You think Jesus started the Great Commission. The Great Commission came from the beginning. God says to Abraham, get thee out of this country. The word go. Or leave is the same word used in the context. As Jesus says, go. He says to Abraham, go from these people. 
I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. How many of you guys love blessings? Oh, yeah, sure we do. Trust me, if you don't love blessing, you're lying. We all love blessing. We all love good things. You know the feeling when you get a new toy? You know, for you adults, the toys just get more sophisticated. But it's still a toy. You know, a brand new computer, the latest model. You know how it feels? Oh, yeah. A big television. It's a toy. We're still kid inside, just more expensive. But the feeling you get when you are blessed. Can you imagine how many of you guys pray for the Holy Spirit to come on your life? Don't you want the Holy Spirit in your life? Come on, folks. Are you not excited when the Holy Spirit comes upon you? And you get all excited about God? God wants to bless you. But God also says to Abraham, And through you, all families of the earth will be blessed. All families of the earth. God wants to bless you so you can be a blessing to all the nations. That is the whole Bible. That is the theme of the scriptures. Blessing and responsibility. Now, let's turn to the next slide. Okay, here's the problem. Most Christians, we only like the first part. We like the blessing part. We pray. Most of the time, bless me, Lord. Bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Our preaching is about blessing us. Our focus, even Christian literature... Is focusing us. All through the Bible, God has shown us his heart is that he wants to redeem people from every nation. Every single nation. We know that in the story of the children of e- in Egypt. Egypt was the most powerful nation at that time. They were slaves in Egypt. And God says to Moses, Moses, This is the reason why I raised up Pharaoh, that I might show my mighty deeds and declare my glory to all the nations. We know the story of David and Goliath. You know, we close the chapter of the book and say, David and Goliath, what's the story about David and Goliath? Well, there were Philistines on the other side. They were the Jews on the right, on the left. But there were other nations. Here's a 15-year-old kid who is skinny, needs lots of pizzas and hamburgers. And he takes a rock and hits the giant. The nations are shocked. And David said, this day the nations will know that there is a God in Israel. What about the story of Daniel and the lion's den? Daniel, you ever, been, you ever seen a lion? I've seen lions. You know, some of you guys are so skinny, the lion will look at you and say, I'm not worrying about eating you. Because your bones will be stuck between my teeth. But if the lion sees me, the lion's going to say, praise God for good breakfast. Ah, man, the lion, you know, see a lion praying, thanking God for its meal. Well, Daniel gets thrown into a lion's den because of jealousy. Americans, let me tell you something. This is the poly, poly, uh, I don't want to get sidetracked, but I felt God said to say to you this song. Do not get distracted with politics no more. Listen to me. 
Daniel served God in one of the most perverse government in history. Are you listening? God, Daniel served the living God in one of the most perverse governments in history. And you know how he did it? Praying. Not complaining. Prayer will change things. Complaining just fuel the fire. Pray and pray again. Amen? So Daniel is thrown in the lion's den. The king comes next morning. And the king is sleeping. And he's thinking, oh, Daniel. He gets up early in the morning, 5 o'clock. Runs to the pit. Daniel. And he asks him a question. Has your God saved you? And Daniel said, yes. The king had Daniel come up. He threw the guys that was jealous. And the lions ate them. Like hot dogs. Quickly. And then the king went to his office and wrote. Can I borrow your pen? He took this. The king has a pen. And when a king wrote law, it was law. This was not a democracy. Okay? This is not optional. He wrote a law and said, Every people and every nation in my kingdom will worship the God of Daniel. That's the heart of God. The heart of God is that all nations will worship God. We know that in the story of Daniel. What about Jesus' last go? Not you. Jesus' last commandment. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now this is an option, they call it. This is not a commandment. The church has changed it to an option. It's called the great omission. You do it if you feel like. If I don't feel like doing it, I don't have to do it. I still serve God. That's impossible. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. You cannot love somebody by feeling good in his presence. You love God feeling good and doing the will of the Father. And one of the biggest will of the Father is that all nations will know him. You can't bypass this. Here's a sad story. Or every 20 people that say they have a call to go to the nations and preach the gospel, guess how many people obey? One. Okay? That's really how many people really love God. One is willing to sacrifice, step out, and do the will of the Father. What he has called them to do. Not that every one of you will go physically. Because some of you need to go right here in your community. Some of you need to have a passion for your neighbor, your family. But some of you, God will call you to make even greater sacrifices. Amen? But we need to understand obedience equals love. You cannot love God without obeying God. It's impossible. Amen? So, Jesus gives us, what about the persecution in the church? I will pray. I pray to God. One day America will experience persecution. I do pray it. I am not rebuking the devil. I am praying that God will bring persecution to America. You know why? Because persecution is one way that God can get you to think what's important in life. 
And God allowed persecution to come to the New Testament church. You know why? Because the New Testament church, it was in a crisis. What was the crisis? They all wanted to stay in Jerusalem. They all wanted to keep the blessings of God. They forgot the Gentiles. Didn't Jesus say that God said, promise the Messiah, he will be a light to the Gentiles? In Isaiah. That God said to Abraham, you will be a blessing to all the nations. Yet the, the disciples, even in a moment, forgot that. God brought persecution. Guess what persecution does to you? Number one, persecution makes you move involuntarily. You have no option. You will move. And when persecution broke out in the New Testament church, the gospel spread. Where did it spread to? All the way to India. All the way to the Western Europe. It was persecution that brought that movement. It wasn't, oh Lord, we just want to go. No, they didn't want to go. Those guys didn't want to go right away. But it was later. Paul was exception to the rule. Paul said, we should take the gospel to the Gentiles. Amen? Let's continue. So what's the uh, 90% of all preaching is bless us, Lord. Bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. 90% of all prayer is on us. 95% of all Christian books it's written about us. And 94% of money in our hands, we use it on us. Let me tell you something about money. I don't like to preach this prosperity message. I don't believe in prosperity message. Say that if you are financially blessed, this is a sign from God. Sometimes it is. And sometimes it's a curse from God. Do you understand? It's a blessing if you use your finances to expand the kingdom. But trust me, very few pass the test. And let me tell you something about this. Wherever you spend your money, that's where your heart is. Money talks. The mouth lies. Okay? So why is this? Because mission is not really important to us. It's the truth. I'm speaking truth. If mission was so important to the church, this would not be the statistic. I'm just speaking truth, brother. Amen? God is speaking truth to me. He says, Henry, where are you spending your money? What are you doing with it? It tells me, where is your heart? Where are your priorities? Amen? It's not the amount you have. It's what you have, what you do with it. Let's continue. In this generation, in only Africa, we will have 20 million new orphanages, orphans on the streets of Africa. Because of AIDS rampant in Africa, children are left homeless, living on the street. And God says to his church, where are my people who will express the love of God to these children? What about the 30,000 children or more dying every day? Of starvation, malnutrition. What about them? What about the millions who are involved in slavery? Folks, if you think slavery has gone, slavery is just as bad as it was in the history. It is horrible. We cannot just think that we're here on earth just to enjoy a wonderful, comfortable life. We are here to bring the kingdom of God. We are born for this destiny. In Brazil, there are 2 million street children. Let's continue. There are 400 million on the verge of starvation. 
1.3 billion people, no clean water. 1.1 billion people, no adequate shelter. 1.5 billion people, no medical care. While we are discussing medical care in the country, the world doesn't even have. <laughs> We're complaining about Medicare, and yet the world, most of the world, don't have basic, just basic medicine. 40 million children, 40,000 children on the age of five die every day. Every day. And let me tell you one of the saddest statistics. Can we go to the next one? Do you know how many people die every day without ever hearing the gospel? This will make you cry. If Jesus, let me tell you, Jesus is sitting in heaven and he can see, he can see the thousands that are dying going in, into the pits of hell and tears rolling in his eyes. Because he died that they might be free. And if you can understand that more than 70,000 people every day die without hearing the name of Jesus. Doesn't that move your heart? Doesn't that? Let me tell you folks. Everything you ever had in your life. You know, Ecclesiastes says this the best. Let me tell you something. I don't care how much stuff we have. The Bible says, you came to the earth butt naked. And you would leave it butt naked. What's important in life is eternity. And those people lost forever. That's painful to God. And it should be painful to us. So we want to have the passion in our heart, not guilt. Because we love God, to take the gospel to every single person. So they have a chance even to call on his name. Amen? Now this is the world. This is how the world looks compared to established religion. Folks, don't get me wrong. This blue is where we consider the culture to consider themselves Christians. Not everyone in this blue area are Christians. In fact, not even 50%. The white area that you see is Islam. This is the Muslim world. And of course, the Hindu world is India mostly. And non-religious is China. Surprisingly enough, I'm going to show you another statistic. Who's the second most non-religious society? Let's go to the next slide. And let me remind you, this is an encouraging word. The evangelical church is the fastest growing church. Right here, 1960. This is the evangelical movement. Look, this is the largest growth. This is traditional church. And this is the evangelicals. The fastest growing movement on earth. Amen? Isn't this good news? In the middle of all the crisis worldwide, we are seeing more people come into the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the next slide. This is the percentage of Christians living in the different societies. The white are less than 5%. All that area still needs to hear the gospel. Let's continue. This is the Christians by dot. Now, don't be fooled. These dots in Europe don't exist anymore. That's plain white. 
In fact, Europe has less Christians than some parts of Asia now. The tides have turned. So let's go to the next slide. This is the Muslim world. These blue dots, that's the Muslims. The largest one is Indonesia with 186 million Muslims. Pakistan, 176. Then India, 172 million. Okay? And then Iran, 74,000. Okay, let's continue. Next slide. The Buddhist world. Here we are. The largest nation is China with the most Buddhists in it. Japan, Thailand, Vietnam, Myanmar. Look at the millions of people. Okay, let's continue. Next slide. Hindus. India, 900 million people. Then Nepal, Bangladesh, Indonesia, and Pakistan. Let's continue. Non-religious. This is a surprising. You think America needs revival? You think God needs to move in America? Yes, and he will. Because America now is the second nation with the least religious people in it. Lots of Americans have no religious affiliation. That is the problem. It's not politically. It is not economically. It is spiritually. Amen? So we need to pray that God will use you to bring revival to America. To turn the hearts of those who said they want nothing to do with God. Turn to the Lord. The nation will change because of that. Amen? China is still number one. Lots of Chinese have no religious affiliation. But thanks be to God, he is doing something. Then we got Russia, and guess what? The pinnacles of Christianity. Look, Germany. A nation that once said we were a Christian where the Reformation took place. 25 million Germans no longer have any religious affiliation. And the United Kingdom, where your forefathers came from. Amen? Let's continue to the next one. Continue. Continue. All right. Now, we have people groups. We need to reach them. How many people groups we need to reach? Now, Jesus Christ says, when the gospel of this kingdom is preached in all nations, then the end will come. Only then. So let me give you what nations mean. The word nation has nothing to do with political boundary. In God's book, there's no such thing as China. China is a civilization. China has 56 nations. Each group of people are a distinctive language, culture, habits, behavior, customs. The United States is like that too. You have, the United States is not a nation. The United States is a civilization with many nations in it. Like you have the different communities. Do you understand? Different cultural mindsets, different ideas. Diversity is not a bad idea, folks. God loves diversity. Heaven will be filled with more than 7,000 languages. So don't get oppressed up about two languages talk. Heaven will be filled of languages. God loves languages. He created languages. Don't be upset about language. So here we are. There are 4,000 Muslim groups that don't know Jesus. Okay? They have to hear the gospel before Jesus comes back. 2,700 Hindus. They have to hear the gospel before Jesus comes back. What about the Buddhists? What about the tribal people? And what about those others who call themselves a people group who have no affiliation to nothing? 
God wants every one of those groups have the gospel. Let's go to the next slide. Now, this is the part of the world. Okay, this is the part of the world that is the most desperate right now. This part, this piece. Because this piece is where most of the people who don't know Jesus live. Okay? Now, so let's look at the numbers. Look, India is number one. India has 344 million people that have never heard the gospel. There is China, 262 million. Pakistan. Indonesia, Iran, Thailand, Algeria, Morocco, Bangladesh, and Afghanistan. The reason we are in Asia is because we want to see these numbers reach. And I'm just doing my little part of the play. Amen? We all can do our part. Let's continue. Now, how many people groups in India have the gospel? Let's look over here. India as a people group, tribal groups, there are 2,332. And of those groups, 2,082 have no gospel. No gospel. That means how many? 100 and something? 200 has the gospel? And the majority of them have no gospel. God loves them and he longs to redeem them. What about China? Look at that. 406 groups don't have. What about Pakistan? Bangladesh, Nepal, all these groups of people can be reached. No, let me tell you something. In India alone, we just did a small project in collaboration with many ministries together. And in a short period of time, we reached 200 groups. In a short period of time. So if we could get more people involved, we could do this in a short period of time. We are talking about minimum 10 years. If the, all the church... If every person was to pray, give, get involved, we would do this job in less than 10 years. Wow. Wouldn't you be excited? We could say, finally, Lord, there is not a people group on earth that has not heard the gospel. Let's continue next slide. This is the part of the world that really needs most of the gospel. This is Sudan. Let's continue. Look at the missionary presence. For a long time, this was one of our problems. All the missionaries want to go to the comfortable areas of the world. Okay? Look at the white parts. That's where over 100% of the missionaries want to focus most. Then, as you get yellow, 50%. When you get to a little bit more darker yellow, then you're talking about 20 to 40%. And then the red is where 20% of the missionaries actually go. Look, we don't like this part of the world. This part, and this part, and this. Why? It means you will die for your fate. It means you will pay the ultimate price of giving your life for Jesus. But now that's changing. Praise be to God. Let's see the next slide. This is the world population. We have Christians, 33%. Of the world call themselves Christians. 40% of the world have heard the gospel. And they have rejected it. And then 27% are the people who have never heard the gospel. Now for a long time. Let's go to the next slide. This was the the issue. 80% of all missionaries work in the Christian world. Oh brother you don't have to go far. 
right here we have lots of needs. And then 17% work on the people who have heard the gospel and they have rejected it. And only 2.5% work among those people who have never heard the gospel. Now, let's go to the next slide. But this is now the change. There are 30% of the people, missions work, work among those who have the gospel. There are 40% work among the so-called people who call themselves Christian. And now we have 30% more focusing on those who never heard the gospel. We went from 2.5% to 30%. Wow, why is this? Here are the statistics now. The United States, praise God, for a long time has been the mission's leader. But just recently, China has put a 100,000 right there. Some, they have gone to their diverse parts in China, and they've gone as far as Jerusalem already. And it's exciting to see what God is doing. And then the other nation is India. India has 82,000 missionaries now. Wow. And then look at South Korea. Nigeria. I mean, Nigeria was a nation that had hardly any missionaries. Now they're sending out missionaries. Now, interesting enough, let me tell you about the United States. This number has not dwindled. Okay? The United States consistently has been right there. It just happened to be the other nations came up. Okay? But here's the sad story now. This is what we need a surge in American church towards missions again. Here's the statistic I want to give you. Of the 93,500, 50,000 of them are in the United States. You get the number? 43,500 are for the 203 nations that they are presently living. Why is this? God is doing something. God is wanting us to focus on America. Because America is now considered a nation that needs the gospel again. But God wants to raise up a new surge of a new era of missions movement in America. And God wants you to be a part of it. In reaching the nations. Let's continue the next slide. These are where the missionaries come from mostly. Look at this. Asia represents 61% of all the missionaries in the world. Then North America is 26%. Then we have, of course, Europe. That number used to be higher for Europe. We have 3% from Africa. 2% from Latin America, the Caribbean, and the Pacific Islands, 2%. Let's go to the next slide. Here's another one. Uh, there are 8 million Filipinos scattered around the world. And of those 8 million, 700,000 are evangelical Christians. Of those, 50,000 are involved in ministry. And guess where in the Muslim world? A lot of these women that go as maids, they are in the middle of the Saudi Arabia and these countries preaching the gospel where? In the Muslim home. And the second largest growth of Christianity, folks, is in the Middle East. First is China, 33,000. Second are the Muslims. 22,000 Muslims come to Christ every day. I don't see you guys excited. 
You know, people talk about the Muslims this and the Muslims that and the Muslims and the Muslims and the Muslims and listening to the Western channels, how Islam is taking over and this. Let me tell you, folks, you need to be watching more TV, not just what they tell you. You need to be watching God's TV. Okay? Let me tell you something. There was a program on Algeras. Okay? Three of, of smart philosophers of Islam. Guess what they were saying? We have a problem. We have a situation. We got to do something. Too many Muslims are becoming Christians. Now, let me tell you, Americans, don't join the bandwagon. It took the Muslims 20 years to get 3 million Muslims. It takes God one year to get almost 10 million Muslims. Are you listening to me? Don't panic. While the Muslims are saying, we will get France, we will get Spain, we will get Germany, God says, I will take your backyard by storm. God is not depressed. God is sovereign. He has won. He will win. He's already won. Stop talking like we're defeated. We're not defeated. We're more victorious. Victory is ours. I read the last part of the book. It's actually happening, folks. Stop talking like a bunch of depressed people. And guess where is the hottest spot for the Muslim world? The country that politically we're thinking of attacking. Iran. Jesus. Listen to me, folks. I am not lying. This is the heart of Jesus. Jesus knows that the church has been disobedient. Guess what Jesus has to do now? Visit people. Personally. Can he do that? Yes, he can. But he's still doing it without prayers. Since 91, I have spoken to a bunch of people, and they said, Henry, you're right on. Since 1991, something happened in the spirit realm. Something changed the year 1991. Guess what changed? We started to pray like never before for the Muslim people. 91. There's prayers everywhere. In, in Nigeria alone, there's a prayer meeting of a million people praying for 10 years, 24 hours. You just come and give you four hours, but there's always a million people praying, Lord. And Jesus is responding. Folks, Jesus is not only visiting one person. He's visiting a village in Iran. And when a Muslim comes to Christ, folks, they are sold out to Jesus. That's the nation we are thinking of attacking. Where Jesus is going to personally to visit them. Because why? Listen to what's going on. Most of the Muslims are sick and tired of Islam. They, you know, listen guys, don't let the radicals pervert your thinking. Don't let the radicals shape your idea about these people. Most of them are sick and tired of Islam. They just want to be free. They want to be loved. 
They want to be accepted. They have the same stories you have. And they find Christianity to be very attractive. Christianity liberates women. Christianity liberates economics. Christianity liberates freedom of speech. (laughs) Christianity is the foundation of freedom. And it's beautiful and attractive. Folks, Jesus is doing this partly because we have not obeyed him. I want to challenge you as I pray for you. You're standing at the gate of heaven. And Jesus looks at you. The Bible says he will look you in the eye with fire. What does fire mean? Fire means he will look straight into everything you do. And he will see your motives. He will pierce your soul. And there you will know, did you do everything he called you to do? Not that you will be lost. You will be saved. You will be in heaven. But you will know that moment. My son, why you didn't do everything I called you to do? But then he will wipe your tears. I want to tell you one story. I want to pray for you. There was a young lady, a friend of mine. She's a missionary. And um, Jesus told her that day, um, go and tell that neighbor about Jesus. She says, Lord, I will in a minute. She was busy doing her chores. And then Jesus said, go and tell the lady. She's ready. Oh, Lord, I will at 4 o'clock, okay? She went to do another chore. She came back home, and her mother said, "Uh, You heard who died? You heard who died? Who? The lady. She broke out and cried in tears. She says, God, I missed it. I missed it, God. I missed it completely. I should have gone and tell the lady that you love her and tell her the gospel. I know I have been disobedient. And God forgave her and cleansed her and washed her and forgave her deeply for what she did. But folks, God is counting on you to tell people about Jesus. Because this is the reason why we are here. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to pray for you. You may have hurts. And you may have pain. You may go into suffering. You may have hardships. But folks, I am not talking to you from one who has a hard hardship. I'm talking to you because I'm a, I came from a fatherless family, broken. I've come from very deep wounds and hurts. But you can't focus on yourself. God wants to heal you, set you free so you can go and set other people free. I want to pray for you. But I ask you a question. Are you willing to go for Jesus? Are you willing to go where he said Folks, don't worry about where you go far or near. You just have to go with Jesus. 
If Jesus says, I am going to Iran, and he wants you to go with him, that's all you do. If Jesus says, stay here with me in San Antonio, you just go where Jesus wants to go. You don't have to worry about feeling the guilt. It's wherever Jesus wants you to go, he'll tell you. If he wants you to go to the next state, or your neighbor. But wherever Jesus is going, you want to go. Hey, my friend, come with me. Let's go to China. How many of you guys are willing to say today, I will be willing to go. I will be willing to sacrifice everything to go wherever Jesus wants me to go. How many of you guys will come? Now, let me tell you, you may die for this. Are you willing to go? You may suffer greatly. You probably never come back, some of you. Are you willing? If you're willing, come. God will see your commitment. You see, Jesus went to the cross and he said, I will die for you. I will do anything for you. I will give you my life. He did it. Here's the heart of Christianity. Jesus says, I gave up everything just for you. And now, are you willing to give up everything just for me? That is Christianity. The singing, the worship, hearing the word, that's the minimum. The heart of Christianity is being willing to follow Jesus wherever he calls. And that means taking up your cross and follow me. Jesus says, if you're not willing to lay down your life for me, you're not worthy of me. Because that's the radical. See, Jesus doesn't call us to obey him partly. Jesus actually radically obeyed his father. He's calling you to radically obey him. And in obeying him, you find freedom and joy in the Lord. How many of you guys will say, I will go. I will do. Come, come forward. I want to pray for you. Come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Some of you, the Lord is asking you to forgive. Is there anybody in your life you have not forgiven? I want you to pray right now. Ask God, is there anybody that I have not forgiven? Someone in your life has hurt you, has caused you lots of pain and lots of suffering, and you still hold a grudge in your heart. It could be your parents, it could be a friend, a family member, somebody who's deeply hurt you, and you need to forgive them. Because Jesus says, if you don't forgive, neither would I forgive you. So let's not be bound by these things. Give it to the Lord. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus right now. I want you to raise your hands to heaven. Raise your hands to heaven. It's a sign of receiving. Receive, 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 receive. Receive the love of the Father in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray right now, God, that your Holy Spirit will come and fill them with fire, with passion, with your heart for the nations, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that your Spirit will come right now, Lord, and touch them. 
touch in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray for purity, Lord. I pray for wholeness in the name of Jesus, Lord. That your presence will come, Lord. I pray that they will walk in forgiveness. In forgiveness, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, that you will release a willing heart to forgive. Deeply from their heart, it's time to let go of this pain. It's time to let go of the hurt. Jesus says to you, do not let this hurt hinder you anymore. It's time. It's hindering our walk. I just want to walk with you closely. And this hurt has now built a wall between you and I. Give it to me. Give me your brokenness. Give me your shame. Give me your hurt. Give me your reputation. Give me everything you have. Give it to me. I will give you. I have given you everything from me. Everything I have is yours. I love you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for your healing. Healing, come right now, Father. Thank you. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray that you'll heal my sister right now in the name of Jesus, Father. Heal her. Release it to the Father. Release it to the Father. Release it. God, the Father loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray you take away every scar. You take away every hurt. Let it go, sister. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. It's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. Let it go. Let it go. Let the Father come. He's coming. He's come. He's, he has come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to forgive. You need to forgive. Forgive. You need to forgive. Express your forgiveness. Express your forgiveness. Express your forgiveness. Express your forgiveness. Express it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Set this young man free, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Touch him. Touch him, Father. Touch him. Let him know that you love him. You love him, Father. Give him your heart, Lord. Give him your heart for people. Lord, that he will be a man of God. Lord, imprint on him the fire, God. He will speak for you, Lord. He will do things for you, God. He will walk with you. Lord, set him free, Lord, from the painful experiences, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I want to pray right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to start asking the Lord for the nations. Ask him. Ask him for a nation. Ask him for two. Ask him for three. Ask him for four. Say, God, put in my heart, put a love in my heart for the people who are lost. When I walk down the street in the supermarket, I will be Burn with the fire of God in me to share the love of Jesus. People will see Jesus in my eyes, in my actions. In the name of Jesus. Ask the Lord right now. I want you to open your mouth and pray. Say, God, give me this nation. Give me China. Give me India. Give me the United States. Give me Latin America. Give me the U.S. Give me Central America. Give me the Muslim people. Give me the hurting women. Give me the children. Give me the youth. Give me the young men. Give me, give me, Lord. I ask you right now, Lord, send me. Here I am. Send me, Lord. I want to go, Lord. I want to go in the name of Jesus. Send me, Lord. Here I am. Send me. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Some of you guys, God is going to call you to leave. You're going to be shocked. This is a, new, a day of new beginnings for you. Some of you, God is going to change the way you look at the world. God is going to ask you to pray more. God is going to ask you to do things differently. Change your priorities. What's really important? 
For some of you, God is going to ask you to leave. But he's going to ask you to leave in your attitudes, in your heart. Some of you, God is going to ask you to give up a lot of things. Your life is too crowded with too much stuff. And you need to release that stuff and express a spirit of generosity. Some of you, God is going to call you to your families to do something new. Embrace it. Embrace it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we sing this song? I surrender all. And the worship band will join me. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior. there are over 500,000 Christians almost every year who die for their faith who die for Jesus this is not new the growing of persecution around the world has grown but there's people most of them with passion in their hearts say Jesus you're worth it I already told the Lord one time. I said, Lord, when I'm old, if I live to be old, please do not put me in some madhouse to talk a bunch of jokes. I don't know what I'm talking about. When I'm old enough and I'm kind of forgetting my mind, please take me to the most radical world. Give me a Bible and a mic and let me preach the gospel. Perhaps I could take more people with me to heaven. What can they do to us, guys? Jesus says, do not fear the one who can kill you. Fear the one who can kill both body, soul, and spirit. That's the one you should fear. You should fear God, not fear man. What can they do to you? They can only help you go to heaven quicker. They're doing you a service. How did Peter die? Crucified, upside down. How did James die? They cut him in two. One died in boiling in oil. Paul lost his head. Only one died a natural death. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. You know the word witness? You will be my martyrs. That's what it means. You will testify with me in my suffering. And this is not new, folks. Just recently, a young girl at the age of 18, a Muslim girl, came to Jesus because Jesus visited her in her home. And she wrote a beautiful letter before they shot her in the firing squad 
her cousin discovered that she's a Christian. She wrote this beautiful letter. She wrote it to her people. She says, oh, because I believe in Jesus does not change the fact that I'm an Arab. I'm still an Arab. I love my people, Arab. But I cannot change my story. I've met Jesus. And I love you all. There was no bitterness in her heart as she's about to die. She wrote this beautiful letter saying that Jesus is really what we need. At 18 years old, she stand before the firing squad and they kill her. This just recently happened. But let me tell you folks, she's now in heaven with Jesus celebrating that she shared the gospel with people. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's go for the nations. Let's do the work of the Lord. Let's do it. Are we going to do it? Amen. Are we going to go? Amen. Can we put on dance again? It's time to celebrate. Brother, back to the first one. Let's do a little dancing. We finish, right? And then I give it back to Kevin. All right, come on, music there quickly. We got to celebrate. Celebration for the Lord. You can come out of your seats. Come out of your seats, man. Come on, freedom. Okay, here, pause for a minute. Pause for a minute. Pause for a minute. Pause for a minute. All right, here's what we're going to do. Everybody's going to give a sacrifice of praise. You know what the Bible says? We bring sacrifice of praise. Do you know what sacrifice means? Get out of your chair. And even if you don't feel like it, do it. Christianity is not about, oh, I feel. No. Feelings are second. Okay? Spirit is first. So what are we going to do? I'm going to put the song on. You could dance however you want. But just come right here. We'll come that way. And we will give the sacrifice of dance and praise to Jesus. All right? Amen? Music, brother. Come on. Come on, come on. Give a praise to Jesus. Come on. Give your praise to God. What the music? Higher, higher, higher.
Lord, Lord. We pray that you will set us free to dance, to rejoice, to celebrate, to know Jesus, you're victorious. That the nations will worship you one day. sound okay don't forget that sound is the way god creates when god spoke he created when you speak languages and worshiping god you're creating you are expressing the personality of god when you sing in spanish that's an expression from god when you sing in arabic when you sing in english when you sing in french all these sounds came from the heart of god to express who god is so do not despise languages. Love them. Embrace. Learn. God bless you.